at the 26-yard line. Henry, running lane. Henry, turning on the speed. Derrick Henry, stiff arm. Henry, another. Oh, he's done it again. Oh, Henry. Touchdown, Titans. And knew it was coming at some point. Well, Miles Jack is going to get blocked right there. That opens up the huge hole. Ryan can't make the tackle. Now, Wilson is going to get a hand, a face full of hand. Look at the tightrope walk by Henry. 74 yards. Welcome along to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Arguably the best Titans-related podcast this side of the Atlantic. Who am I kidding? It's the Irish Titans. We're the second best. Did do, do the German Titans have one? I think they they may have done in German. So we're, we're probably third. Um, let us know if there are any others, and we'll uh, we'll update the ranking. I'm Adam. With me today, Miles, Harry, and Greg. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Evening. Good evening. Um. You may have heard our our quiz last week, which was frankly an embarrassment. So with zero credibility that we have, um, we're going to try and do another one. Greg's been beavering away again. So, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, back by popular demand. Uh, <laughs> did did anyone I've... ask for it to come back? Uh, sure. I didn't. Me. I think I... <laughs> I quite enjoyed it sitting this side of the uh, of the fence. So yeah, backed by popular demand. Um, so this week it's not a, a quick fire questions like it was. Well, say it's supposed to be quick fire last week. Didn't quite work out that way. But it's not as uh, it's it's only actually one question. Uh, but there is more than one answer, and I need you guys to basically name every single Titans quarterback starter. So, basically, just to, to clarify, a player or a quarterback that has started at least one game for the Tennessee Titans, not not including any Oilers, purely just Titans. So, he's going to be, uh, I'll give you literally 10 seconds to just think about more obscure ones. Are we, are we kind of taking it in turns? Is that the idea here, or is it? We, uh, I was actually, I was going to do uh, name and then sort of like we did last week, but... Uh, Okay. So we'll just you just yeah. shout out your name. So we'll kick off. I'll try and keep score as we go. Okay, Harry. Go on, Harry. Tannehill. Tannehill is one, obviously. Uh, Miles. Miles. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is of course one. Yes. Ad- Adam. Adam. Rusty Smith. Rusty Smith is one and it is one of the more obscure ones just one start well done uh, Miles if this was that was excellent <laughs> uh, one, uh, there is only one other that made one start I, I think I know who that might be yeah but... <laughs> Ooh. Come, well let's well, Miles you, you already called out who are you going for uh, I was, I was uh, Jake Locker Jake Who Locker goes? yep Ish. correct Harry <laughs> Harry it's magic Fitz magic. I'll, I'll give yeah. you it. I'm Adam. not quite sure if this is necessarily the truth anymore, but I'll give you it anyway. Adam. <laughs> uh, Mr. The most beautiful man who has ever lived, Mr. Charles Whitehurst. Mr. Charles Whitehurst is absolutely on the list. Five starts. 
Flipboard Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Harry. Go on, Harry. McNair. Yep. I'm amazed it took that long for that for uh, for the great Steve McNair to come out, but I'll, I'll let I'll let you off trying to go for more obscure ones. Adam, go on, Adam. Kerry Collins, Kerry Collins, spot on. Yeah, we're being all very very polite. This is okay. this is the right. game. Adam, no pride. <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck, correct. Yeah, Harry Matt Castle, Matt Castle. Yes. Oh, that was the name I had stuck two, in my head. Two starts. <laughs> As a Titans quarterback, I'm being too polite here. Ad- Adam, you going, Adam? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Did, nobody said them, did we? Okay. No, no one said Blaine Gabbert yet. Yeah, three starts. Um, Adam again. Well, mate. Vincent Young. Vincent Young, indeed. Yep, yeah, 47 starts. He was uh, third highest on the list of starters. We had Mattenberger. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. 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 Yep. Now, Miles, we're done. Um, there is gonna uh, Adam again. Well, mate. Neil O'Donnell. I think. I think that was. Oh yeah, eight starts. Um, I still haven't said the other one. I think I might have who has started once, and this is this is really niche. Um, I might. It might be. It might be the Oilers though. This is the thing. Um. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go go in balls deep on this and say Matt <laughs> Mork. Matt Mork. Yep, correct. One one star. One star. That's all he had. Okay, so from my appalling calculations, we are missing one. Ooh. We've got so Adam, Adam. You've already won, but can we fill up the list? <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got to get this, haven't we? Um, Redeem ourselves. Uh, okay. It'll be. A, I would say it's a backup more than likely. Surely it can't be a starter over the last twenty years. Surely not. <laughs> so let's go th- through them. Obviously, we have McNair, who started. Who came oh, after how, him? So I've just. Said, how about um, Billy? Greg. Greg smiling. Is it Billy Volek? <laughs> Billy Volek. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's got it. And I'll be honest, he's absolutely annihilated the rest of you. So he got uh, Adam, you got nine, Miles, three, Harry, four. And that was a, a much, much more successful and shorter quiz than last week. Um, so yeah, well done, Adam. You're the winner this week. Thank you. Oh, that was good. I like, I like that sort of thing. It's, and there'll be listeners will be screaming names listening to that as well that's good i'm surprised i've got got one lined up for next week as well which is uh arguably slightly more difficult but we'll definitely have you screaming names that's for sure (laughs) it sounds good cheers for that greg good fun um i'm yeah apologies i'm slightly losing my voice which you might be able to tell (laughs) um so we'll, we'll see how this goes yeah we've we've just talking about did we talk talk about annihilations? We sort of we played pretty well on Sunday, didn't we? Have we have we top Chiefs performance? I think we might have done. Uh, personally, yes, I think that it was. I, I celebrated much more. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. Mm. Um, I, I I I just couldn't believe that you know the the Henry touchdown. What sixteen seconds later? I was I was still doing cartwheels around the house while that was happening. I think I think I missed it. <laughs> 
it got I mean that third quarter well we, we may as well start there it, it was just it was so so rapid how the game just got taken away from the Jacks and so well in my case I was watching it with a Jags fan um shout out to Patrick um so I probably I'll be, honest, I'll be honest Adam he he's definitely not going to be listening this week this is one <laughs> week you'll be avoiding this like the plague <laughs> um uh, yeah, you'd you'd have to have some serious masochism <laughs> if you're a, a Jags fan to listen to us this week. Um, but the the moment the moment that I thought this is incredible that I just couldn't quite believe wasn't actually the the, the Henry seventy four yarder. It was it was after that. It was a fumble and the turnover on the kickoff that followed. It's just like a, the yeah. If you're if you're a Jags fan at that moment, you're being annihilated, and that suddenly happens. And that that's just yeah, a game. Dan Sorry, Harry. Yeah, Dan Bates. yeah, Dan Bates has just been our special team captain, I think, now for two or three seasons, and he has consistently performed um, in that role uh, as a as a leader in that that unit. Um, and for him to to get that forced fumble and then the recovery afterwards, when I mean there must have been about three, four hands on it during the time that that fumble was all going on was, was amazing to see. Um, and yeah, I, that was really what kickstarted us. I think before then I was still a little bit nervy. Um, you can sort of point to the Jags score and a few, few touchdowns in garbage time, but, um, yeah, that, that 16 second sequence that I think every podcast that's Titans related will probably be talking about, um, definitely set the tone then for the, for the remaining second half. And it was nice as a Titans fan to, be involved in a game that you weren't squeaky bum time towards the end, which was a big change for us. You say that, but I don't think I was relaxed until we scored the sixth touchdown. Not entirely. As we sort of, we went, it was 35-3 and yeah, we've won the game really. Well, you know, okay, we have thrown a 35-3 lead before, but we won't go there. But yeah, that wasn't against that Jags team. (laughs) Um, But they sort of, the, we went a bit soft on defense for a couple of drives and it was, it was like, we're okay. We've got this game one. Let's relax a bit. And they scored a couple of easy touchdowns. I think we, and Derek Henry fumbled the ball in amongst all that. So actually we needed just to, just to get a turnover or, or a score or anything just to sort of stop that momentum to, until I truly relaxed, which seems ridiculous looking back, but there you go. It's an interesting one because um, we, we were 100% comfortable by that point. I think the game was won and you could tell uh, the foot had been taken off the gas. But we, we talk a lot about the Patriots trying to adopt this whole like Patriots uh, way and sorry, I think on the Titans saying about adopting this Patriots way. And um, and that was actually something that I kind of I wanted. I did actually want to see the defense really show no mercy to, to the Jags. I really wanted them to put them to the sword getting three and out, get the offense running the ball and just winding the clock down, adding more scores if possible, and just generally sort of just make it as as resounding as it could possibly be. Because, I mean, in all honesty, if we'd gone and done that, we could have won that game 63. And But we did kind of let them back in a little bit, which I guess, you know, after a, a crazy opening to the third quarter is to be expected to an extent. But I was really, uh, that was the, the only negative, I think, if I can find any negative from, from the from the game. That is the only I, l- I love the I way find. that's what we're talking about. We're finding, <laughs> we're finding negatives in 
in what was just an in- incredible game. It was ama- it was amazing, and don't get me wrong, I'm not. Uh, it's not a slight on on the, the on the game at all. But that is that was the only thing I came out of thinking. Oh, I would have loved it if we'd just gone and not even put more scores on the board, but just just shut them out for the rest of the second half and and really made them kind of make it feel a much more resounding victory than than it ended up kind of being to an extent. But don't I mean Derek Henry? Um, something about when when he plays the Jags, he the guy just turns into an absolute monster. And um, once again, we saw was it seventy four yard touchdown, which none of those defensive players wanted to get even a touch on him. They they were chasing him to show that they were say chasing him, barely even chasing him at one point. Um, I think the guy, I can't remember what his name was, the forty two, the guy with the long hair, he was just jogging alongside him just just to show that he was running. He had no interest in in trying to get involved with Henry, which by that point is is kind of understandable, I guess. But yeah, I mean, on on offense, I think you've got to give a massive, a massive shout out to Tannehill. I mean, I think he completely bossed the game. He ran ran it on his own time and his own clock, and and very much really led us to victory. And that started in even in the first half with the touchdown run, where he you know he put his body on the line to get there. Um, could have easily slid down on the two yard line just to not have to take that hit, but did it to to get the touchdown and and to get the seven points, which was. It was great to see once again him putting his body on the line. Well, maybe he should have actually slid down. It's a, it's a, a debate that. But as a fan, you love it. That's what you want to see. In the in the moment, you know, like he's holy crap, he's just leapfrogging about three defenders to to get in the end zone. That's what you know, you'll it'll get you out your seat. But yeah, and and again, as you say, uh, an incredible performance from Ryan Tannehill leading the team you know if you you see your quarterback do that and you and you're not going to be lifted there's something wrong with you I think that's one thing also we've we've talked a lot on this podcast around the the coaching team and and the coaching staff and the decisions that they've made and we've some of us have moaned about certain decisions they've made but now they are completely and utterly making a point with the move they made to to bench Mariota and go with Tannehill and it's it's working for them. I don't know if, what it is. I don't know. Obviously, we all we're all Mariota fans. We all you know believed he was the future. But I think there is no one in their right mind now who would who would still think that this team should give him another chance because Tannehill is is just another level at the moment. Whether he can continue to do that in the next couple of years and keep pushing us into where we want to be in terms of playoffs or anything like that, who knows? But he um, he's really he's he's gone well above my expectations. I didn't expect him to to perform to the levels he has been, um, and also to, to command the respect that he has around the dressing room. I think that's another thing that's quite refreshing to see, and in the media as well. I've seen a few things, especially in the US. Um, they're actually you know they're they're really calling out for him, and which is. It's quite refreshing to see as a Titans fan because you don't get much coverage. I'll help. I'll hold my hands up. I've underestimated him for sure. Um, also, also the coaching staff. I, I want to say a few positive things about Arthur Smith today. Um, we've uh, the criticism of him have you know, either been that it's been a bit predictable, or equally that. A couple of sort of odd calls here and there that haven't worked, but where you have an odd-looking call that does work, you suddenly get a bit of confidence in him. You know, we have Derek Henry throwing a pass, which, by the way, as I joked on my, the video I did, 
and was take, taken away a t- taken away a touchdown by a blatant pi. But then the next play to to throw to Dennis Kelly, um, which was the second touchdown of the season in the entire NFL by an offensive lineman or interior offensive lineman. Um, the other one also being to a Titan. Uh, that that's yeah no nobody's nobody's seeing that coming nobody's about to cover Dennis Kelly in the end zone um it's just having the and it it was the right call at the right time so yeah shout out to Art Arthur Smith played a really um wise game plan I think the last week as soon as um the Jaguars safety got taken out like Greg said we started picking on that 42 I can't remember his name so apologies if for whatever reason he is listening to it um but we start picking on him in a big, big way. And then we also used Tannehill's mobility that he's got from being a wide receiver at Texas A&M um, to our advantage. There seemed to be a lot of sort of P, P, uh, like play action kind of things where then we bootleg him out and he almost had the option to run or pass depending on what happened uh, in front of him and what coverage the defence were in. Um, it was, and you saw his mobility in, in that fashion there. Um, I personally really like the game. He's called. I think he's called a couple of excellent games this season. Um, but when he's just not been able to find the rhythm, it's not helped at all. And of course, it doesn't hurt at all when you've got um, Henry running like he did um, after the first quarter. The first quarter, he was very slow to begin with, though. And he always seems to have that issue. Um, first quarter, Henry takes a little minute to get going, I think. It's interesting because um, when you say about the kind of play calling, uh, yeah, I completely agree. But I also loved, I think I said this on Sunday and I can't remember if it was on Twitter or uh, to you guys in the group, but I think I said that I'm more impressed by, by the fact that we're really mixing it up. We've not, I mean, we could have easily have gone down the route of, of you know, just keep giving the ball to Henry, keep giving the ball to Henry every single play to the point where it becomes predictable. But we didn't do that. We kind of gave opportunities to wide receivers to make plays, or and like you said, a bit of play action where you know Tannehill went on a on a run a couple of times. I think there was one. I think really I can't remember where we were. I think it must be on our own five yard line where he went made a twenty yard plus gain, um, just running up the sideline. And that's something that is is the first <clears throat> first play of first offensive play of the game. I think it was. Yeah, so I think it might be might be right. It was definitely earlier on anyway. But that was actually something that. I was mostly impressed by because it would have been everyone was expecting us to just give the ball to Henry and, and let him just run at them and uh, which you know don't get me wrong you want to be doing that enough but you don't want it to, to become too predictable to the point where they just front load and, and really just try and stop uh, Henry every opportunity so it was impressive to see and, and we saw a bit more from the likes of AJ Brown um, I think Humphrey's got involved a couple of times I think yeah, just generally it felt like a, a good all-round performance which was which is good to see, and hopefully we can continue that on. Also, the O line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're about to say as well, Mars. But <laughs> that's uh, yeah, the both with the run, obviously. In fact, mainly with the run. But you know, the the Jags front seven is decent, and Tannehill wasn't under a huge amount of pressure. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, there was just the sack fumble, fine, but he was largely able to avoid the pressure. Uh, so yes, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action, which worked really, really well. Uh, but no, I think that's a, an area of concern that for me has taken a huge step forward. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. That great match thinking I like there. I thought that the past <laughs> couple of games, I've seen so much more confidence in that old line that 
it opens up this running game, but also it's given Tannehill the protection to let him to allow him to go through his motions and think where he wants to do with it. And yeah, when he takes off, he's making good yardage because there's still holes there for him. So the lack of pressure that he's got on him is allowing him to make these big plays. I was gonna the the two players that obviously Brown had a really good game. I think he had four receptions, but he was well over 120 yards or something like that. But I thought Adore Jackson had one of his better games. Um, I can't remember him having a better game than what he did. So I was. It felt like they really... were throwing. They were throwing to Sims as much as they could, weren't they? Yes, exactly. I think after a couple of plays, they realised, okay, he's actually locking it up now. Which I was always a big fan of Jackson when we drafted him, and then I'm hoping we see a few more games of uh, this performance from him. But no, I completely agree. The, the way the line was, and I mean, yes, Henry's had a big game, and he does bounce around the outside every so often. But to have a game like that, you've got to have a solid line in front of you, and it was just it was dominating for for a team that. The Jags have been known in the past. I think they're well past it now. I think their defense is, well, I'll try and be nice to them and just say rubbish. Um, <laughs> they would, they just don't get the pressure that they used to get. They, they've got some of their bigger players still, but we just, we contained them so well. So I hope it carries on to next week. And it, uh, yeah, I, I, I know I spend a lot of time watching the line, so it's made my uh, watching a lot better. Felt a lot more disciplined it, on the line. I think the the line looked a lot more yeah. disciplined. I think there was there was far less penalties than we've seen in previous games. Um, uh, Luan, I think to to start with, I don't think he had a single penalty, which which is good to see, and hopefully that that will continue. But um, but yeah, I think it, I think also the the line performing better. I mean, is it is it that it's still the same the same players? It's still the same. You know, there's nothing really that's changed. It's still the same coaching staff and scheme. Arguably has changed slightly, but nothing too too major. I mean, it, you know, it's interesting to think, you know, this is a line that we're just giving up sacks over and over and over uh, for Mariota. But I think we just—I want to discuss something. It's a bit of an elephant in the room, I, and I think if I read somewhere correctly, six games in a row, Ryan Tannehill's fumbled the ball. Worried? Here we go. Back back to the negative thoughts uh, <laughs> <laughs> again. You be positive, and I'll just throw it. I'll balance it out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no is my answer to that. No, I'm not. I'm not hugely concerned about that. I'd be hugely. I'd be concerned if he was regularly throwing interceptions. Um, yeah, if, it it seem it it seems a bit nitpicking to me. I, I mean, if if we'd probably be unlucky with a couple of them. Like there was the the one against the Chiefs that he fell on the ball and you know argue, arguably should have. Well, the ball should have stayed with us rather than um, be turned over. There's been a couple like just, yeah, yeah, maybe it's something that he can work on a bit and focus on a bit. But you know, if that's the the worst thing he's done in six weeks, I mean, I think the Jags one was tough. I think that was, I mean, that was him getting caught on the blind side, and and it was he was attempting to obviously pass the ball, and it was it was unfortunate. I yeah. agree. I think the one against KC was was uh, yeah. I'll probably give him a little bit more grief for. I mean, he was sitting on the ball, looking in the opposite direction. He's got to know it's there, surely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think he's. I don't know if I am concerned necessarily, but I, 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 obviously, it's definitely something that I, I hope that he can stop a run of games, six games in a row, is quite a lot. So hopefully, he'll be able to stop that run pretty soon. The big, the big guy, Derek Henry, fumbled the ball as well, and um, which. I mean, I, I sort of defending it earlier in the season. I think he's had two that we've lost possession now this this year, and he's just never done that. 
of uh, you know how if you could criticize him for certain things that was never that was never one of them but I'm weirdly slightly more concerned about that but that was a great a great play by I've forgotten who it was who stripped the ball but yeah I mean the a quarter quarterback stamp personally... sorry Harry. I, I don't yeah personally I don't think it's a huge issue um I like what Tannehill was bringing to to the table. Um, hopefully, that the, the O line being a bit more cohesive, working together a little bit more, practicing together. I think looking back now, hindsight's a beautiful thing. But you can say, well, actually, the O line probably didn't practice that much together um, during OTAs and preseason because we knew Luan's suspension was coming up. We're trying to get other people in there. We had that right guard issue where we didn't know whether it's going to be Nate Davis, Pamphill, Douglas, or whoever else. Um, ben Jones a little bit of illness and injury a little bit throughout the season and, and Stafford trying to get involved in what we wanted from him. I don't think fumbles will be an issue. I It does frustrate you, obviously, when you see the ball hit the ground for what looks like a look, you know, very little reason. Um, but I just, I personally think we've, uh, we've got a bit of a winning formula at the moment and what Tannehill brings us in, his passing is far more than what I've seen in the last couple of years and I'll deal with a, a potential fumble. The, the play against Jacksonville was just a great defensive play against a tackle that shouldn't have been on the field due to a bit of a cheap shot by Ngokwe, which by the way, delighted that uh, Luan didn't retaliate and then get himself kicked out which I think a hot-headed uh, Luan usually does. I was, I was astonished that he, be- he barely retaliated. Really impressed with that uh, that he because he fronted up about the penalties against the Chiefs and said, yeah, yeah I've as he always is, he's very, very open and, and honest. Oh well, I don't know if we'll get see, into his honesty. <laughs> but... You see that video of him at the end? Uh, it was on, I think, it was on Twitter somewhere when uh, there was a, a song called "Friends in Low Places" was on, and he's like dancing and just he's just mocking the Jags players. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, I mean, that's his, his mini way of getting uh, getting those guys back, and then yeah, and obviously, I mean, Agutquay is one of those players who. Um, He's got that in him, unfortunately. He is actually a really good player, but for some reason, lets himself down on that front. That was a that was a horrendous hit from him, really. He's massively that, unnecessary. Taylor Luan's response it, by not retaliating, by hitting him or anything stupid, and then playing lights out, and then in the final two minutes when they've been absolutely thrashed is to do that. That's that's the way to respond. Hundred percent. Going back to that turnover, that's it's. There's no points on the board at that point, and it it felt a bit gut wrenching at the time. I think we had a touchdown called back for a hold on that drive, and we're in the red zone. And it was one of those where the stat comes up: the Titans are the have got this streak of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And I said said to Patrick, "Well, that's you know, as soon as you mention it, it's over." It was like suck up hitting forty something sub fifty yard field goals in a row, or whatever it was. And you just, every time it's mentioned, you just put your head in your hands. So, I think yeah. actually that was a key, a key point in the game, really. After that turnover, Jags went on a little bit of a drive and I was getting a bit nervous, to be perfectly honest. And then they had that holding penalty when they were about 30 yards out and that just killed their drive dead, stopped it in the ground. And that's when I thought, actually, today might be our day. We, we should be all right here. Once, once that killed their drive dead, I was feeling a lot more confident with, with the rest of the game then. Um, I think that was, for me anyway, a bit of a game-defining play that hold, which 
in hindsight is nothing but just killed that first momentum after obviously they had all the momentum going in from that fumble as well it's funny looking back to the end of the first half half time it's 7-3 and I think in the final two minutes of the first half the there were like two or three punts, like neither team could get it going for whatever reason in those two minutes. And I, I joked with Patrick and said, like at the, at the two minute warning, like he said, oh, I'll, you know, I'll take going in at half time, seven, three down. And I said, I'll take going in at seven, three up. It was just like, it felt like both teams were quite, quite happy with that scoreline, having no idea what was going to hit them in the third quarter. And that, yeah, that, that yeah, first, few minutes of the third quarter just I, I want to just keep watching it again and again and again it was crazy it was one of the it was one of those quarters where um even now I can't remember the order of what how everything happened because it was just a whirlwind it was just one of those ones where you know we scored and then all of a sudden okay they, they then fumbled and we had it back in it was just it was a crazy and 28 points I think is the highest that uh the franchise has scored since 1990 I think they said um I, I think that which is it matched uh, the Oilers in 1990, which which again is absolutely crazy. So it's cool. it's one of those one of those ones that obviously well, sadly wasn't there to see it, but an absolute pleasure to watch because it was um, you don't get to see those sort of records get broken uh, as a Titans fan because obviously in those days you know especially those early 90s Oilers combustible but a very good side. Um, so it's one of those ones where it was it was just great to watch. And I think I said last week in the podcast I just want a comfortable win. <laughs> we we did. <laughs> I, got it. I got what I wanted, and that's uh, I really, and now all I want is the playoffs. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how that how that goes. Well, so let's 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 look ahead to well, what it's immediately up next at the Colts, and we've been saying for quite a few weeks that if we're if we're going to make the playoffs, that's that's the game to target. Obviously, this was beating the Jags was a must win. Most games are clearly a must win at this point, but to yeah, the Colts are going to be favourites at home, obviously, and I think most people would, outside of this podcast, would fancy them to win. But if we we don't beat them, I think uh, making the playoffs is extremely unlikely. We'd probably have to beat the Texans twice, for example, and and maybe even the Saints. But you, know, you beat beat the Colts, and with the Texans facing the the Pats this week, it's a, it's an opportunity to put ourselves right in the mix and. It's it's by no means impossible. Far from it. How do we how do we see that trip to Indianapolis? It's never a happy hunting ground for us, but it, could it happen? Yeah, just to, just to set it up. If we win and the Texans lose, we're joint first in the AFC um, with mm-hmm. a two and two record in our division. With okay, two games still to go against the Texans, a game against the Raiders, and a game against the Saints. Um, yeah, it is really a must win. I think. I heard this podcast last week and we're talking must win, must win, must win. And it gets to this time of the season where you kind of look at most games and think, oh, it's a must win. If you had to pick a game to lose at this time of year, it's going to be against the Saints, isn't it? Surely with the NFC South and the rest of them being AFC. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to the Colts game. I think we've been helped a little bit by injuries with the Colts. I think they've got Marlon Mack out with a broken hand or something like that. Um, so that's the number one running back out um, that's come out today which has helped us a little bit obviously we've had our own injury problems as well a, a bit they've also got Rocky Sin currently questionable and also T.Y. Hilton questionable but I think both of those will probably play come down to it 
Hilton will play, I think, but he's not a hundred percent. He didn't he didn't look great against the Texans last week. But their running game did without without Mac in that game as well. Mm-hmm. They've 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 again. I I seem to be the online guy, which I have no problem with because it was the position I played. But we're finally finding Nelson, our roles on this podcast yes, and where, where we sit. I'm a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, we're, ne- we're, I'm we're, clearly we're, negative by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, with uh, with Nelson, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. I think he's arguably the best guard in the league already, and he's only been in what a year or so. But my my feelings towards the Colts is we're gonna win. We're gonna win comfortably because, as we said, no Marlon Mack. Ty Hilton is clearly working on an injury that against Houston he had what one catch and just couldn't get anything going. Eric Ebron's just gone on IR for him. That's another weapon down. I just can't see us losing, which I haven't had for a long time. Following on from what we're saying about wanting a comfortable victory, it was the first time I think I've ever sent in my other uh, WhatsApp group saying we're battering someone in that third quarter, which I don't think I've ever had to send that text before. So that was enjoyable. But no, I think there's no luck there to worry about anymore. I, I don't. I get why a lot of the nation might think that the Colts are favourites, but the past couple of weeks we're getting more and more of a reputation from a lot of the American shows, NFL Network. We're getting a lot of, well, don't cut out the Titans. They're, they're doing things here. And I am going into the game extremely confident. I think they've got too many people injured. And we, like we said, we found something in Tannehill. He's, what, 4-1 and one now as a starter? And yeah. you can see with the whole team, it's brimming with confidence. Yeah, we've given up some garbage time touchdowns to the Jags, but other than that, that game was, it was a no-show. It, we, we, were, we were so impressive and I just, I can see it continuing. I've, I think I've predicted it's just that Saints game that I think, meh, we, we might not get a result. I'm fully confident with all the other games. So I'll, I'll balance the negativity. <laughs> I love that, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely love to go to Houston and get a win, that's for sure. I, mm-hmm. I think this week I'm, I'm way more confident uh, than I think I will be going into New Orleans and probably Texas, uh, Texans away, um, but this this week, yeah, I agree. I think we're we're in. We've got so much confidence offensively. Um, the only concern of mine is defensively. We've lost, I think, a few players. Obviously, even Sims is now um, seemingly dropped dropped out, injured. So, you know, we're going to be uh, in certain positions down to our bare bones a little bit. Um, Third but that corner is a bit of a concern. Yeah, and yeah. I think if T.Y. Hilton is playing, then you know where the target's going to be. Uh, obviously, just hopefully he will not be up to speed, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm confident. I, I, how can you not be after watching watching Sunday, um, and even the game against KC two weeks prior to that? You know, whether it will be, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be comfortable. I do think it will be a grind because I don't think realistically we could go to the Colts and win a game comfortably. But I'd love to be proven wrong. But I think it will be a grind. I think it will be a one score game. I think. Could could even be a field goal to decide it. Um, who who knows? But I I I am confident. I do think we've got a great chance of winning this game. I I think Colts. You're right. I've got quite a few injury problems of their own. Um, I think they're they're not in a great run of form. I think I the last few results they've had, but they've obviously they dropped a few games here and there. Um, and for us, this is this is this is must win. I think we need to we need to win as many of the divisional games as we can. Uh, after losing the opening, the opening two, we definitely need to to come back with a with a bang. And this is the perfect place to start in a a stadium we don't win at 
to go and to go and win. Hopefully, we'll, we'll not only set us up for this year, but future years as well. One thing that does really worry me, though, is that they've had since Thursday to prepare. Um, obviously, playing Thursday night, so it's a few extra days to prepare. And we've seen how the Titans have done well when they've either had a little bit longer to prepare, like the Browns, um, or when we've had time to prepare after a bye, or I think it was the third game of the year after this. Um, oh, sorry, the fourth game of the year. I can't remember who it was against. Falcons. But it was after the. Uh, yeah, after uh, the Falcons, after the Thursday night game against the Jags, when we've had a few extra days to prepare, we've come out all guns blazing. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the Colts are going to do. I think Frank Wright's a quite good head coach. Um, um, yeah. How yeah. he's going to deal, deal with that team with, with an extra few days. We're a difficult team to prepare for, though. I think we're, we are, I mean, especially if you look at, we're not one-dimensional. I think we've got we've got a lot of, especially now with Tannehill. Especially, I think we're. I wouldn't want to be a defensive coordinator and and be and uh, try and guess what our game plan is going to be, because um, I think we're we're a completely different team offensively now. But yeah, I get. I, I think it obviously gives them a few extra days to also get healthy. So I think that's obviously going to be important for them. The the biggest factor that we haven't mentioned about this game. Um, is, well, the news that came out yesterday. And with it, the Colts are, are wearing white at home, which is a bit odd. But the news that came out yesterday, so Jim in his britches report um, came out to say we're wearing navy jerseys and light blue britches. Um, but then later on, there was a britch alert, full klaxons, and the colour of the britches has been changed to white. So we're, we're going navy on white. I mean, what? I don't know if this is Jim just trolling us, which it could be. I know, fair, pl- fair play, Jim, if that's what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the Jags did. The Jags made a late britches change against us in week three, and they won that game. I'm just saying, you know, that 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 could be the could be the deciding factor. It's all mind games. All mind games. <laughs> you get wherever you can. You think you go in light blue, you go white instead. Just expect the unexpected. That's what. That's the game that we're playing here. Is is there time to make another britches change? I don't. I don't know what the rules are on this, but you know the Colts will be at sixes and sevens. You know, wor- worrying about britches. You're just going to start seeing players on the uh, injury report now again as for mind games. You'll see Tannehill on there tomorrow um, as as questionable to play, and then all of a sudden he'll come out all guns blazing. Yeah, no, I think um, I've never seen a britches alert where we've had to change it before. So whether that's a good bad omen, I'm not sure. I also can't remember a time that we've ever worn navy away to the Colts, which again could be a good omen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tannehill is undefeated in in coloured jerseys as a time I think just had to, you just had to go and say it didn't you, you had I've to done go it and haven't say I it. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> 40, 40 plus under 50 yard field goal suck up yeah but it's the britches change it's all unprecedented though so it's all good um, I'm I'm weirdly confident Miles you've, you've made me more confident I like this um, the Colts is never somewhere we we do well, but this is it's different this year. There we go, um, sixty nine zero. Just um, should we cover off a couple of bits of news? And we've got a couple of players who've gone on 
I'm going to I'm suddenly paranoid. I'm saying the wrong thing. I think Cameron Wake's gone on IR, hasn't he? Which yeah, I, I think he's he's looked really good at times, but I don't want to say age is catching up with him. Um, but also a bit. Of, well, it's not shocked me, um, and I don't. We're not missing much because we haven't had much from him this year. But Delaney Walker's finally gone on IR. Um, I think him and the team have admitted defeat. They've been battling this. Well, the same injury from week one last year, the, the ankle is still not right. And they've just accepted that it's it's not going to happen this year. And hopefully, and I'd love I'd love to see him back like his old self next year. And that's that still could happen if they're sensible and, and manage it. Um, it could happen. But there's a huge, huge, horrible injury a year ago. Um, I'm just crossing my fingers. I just love, love Delaney. He brings... He's brought us so much over the years, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to see like a little swan song from him. I'm <laughs> sensing less optimism from my colleagues here. Well, I think we've seen. I think the team as a whole has seen enough from Smith to think he's maybe not as important as he might have been in previous years. He was sort of like Mariota's safety net, wasn't he? And um, I feel like we, we've seen enough from Smith to think, okay, let's not rush him. Whatever's Personally, I don't know what's going to happen with him next year. I think we'd all establish what he was given a two-year contract, was it, at the start of the year? Um, so what happens next season, I'm not so sure. I mean, with with Wake, um, he's one of them where you don't see it on the stat line, but he's actually been making such an impact to what's happening with quarterback pressures. That yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how much, because he obviously hasn't got the game time as well. And have I got right? Is he like 38 now? Can't wait. Or have I pulled that number for no, him? That somewhere? sounds about right. He is. He is. He's been gone because he was Canadian Football League, wasn't he, for a while as well? Is that where he came from, CFL? But um, he's been fighting against time in what seems like forever. But I mean, he's still producing without the stats. Like we said, it would have been it would have been good to see how we get on with if he was still there. And we still had obviously Simmons now pressing on, and then you've got. I think I saw the stat with Laundry saying Laundry's had a sack in every game that Simmons has played because you you can't yeah. block them all. Yeah, there's only so many people you can block, and it would have been nice to see him. But you know, who's to say he won't make an impact next season or depending on what happens with contracts and everything else? But yeah, it's a bit of a shame. And again, with really, Walker, I don't blame the team go. for putting him on IR. I think he's no. um, he's not been right all year. And let's face, it, we've got Dennis Kenny who can play tight end now, so. I think he, uh, <laughs> yes. Let's, let's stick him out there, give him a chance, and see how he goes. Um, no, I think it's a shame. I mean, I, I'm, I very much agree with you, Adam. I'd love to see him uh, come back. I'm not as optimistic as you can imagine, being the negative one. Um, I, I think it's, he's, it's, he's, 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 he's it's not his age. It's that it's how serious that injury was for me. That's that's my. But the age, I, the age side, I, he has to think about as well. Like he's not going to heal in the same way as he probably would have done at 25. Um, also, not playing. Uh, I know he's played a couple of games this year, or he's been involved in a few games this year, but not playing. He's been so used to playing pretty much every single week, and I, I can't say for certainly how many years he did that for um, exactly. But you know, he's had a few injuries here and there, but this one is is pretty much knocked him out of the game for two years. And so, for a 35, 36 year old guy that he is now, um, I, I just don't see a way back for, for Delaney. I think he's also not cheap. He's um, he's one of the more expensive players that we have, obviously because of his experience and what he offers to the team, offered previously to the team. So whether they go down the route of giving him one last year, and obviously that's going to take a bit of cap space to do so, or whether they go down the route and think, look, Johnny stepped up, Ferks has looked pretty good, even Pruitt's actually 
looked half decent recently when when he's been given the chance. Um, or whether they've got eyes on someone in, in the draft, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I would love to see him back, but I'd be surprised if we do. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, I don't, that's I don't probably bang that. on. We've probably seen Walker take his last snap as a Titan, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what his dead money is if we do release him. Um, I'd probably see a, a retirement, depending on how his body holds up. Wake's been great, but we've got a good young core of, of linebackers and outside linebackers behind him. I think Correa's been such an underrated pickup for, what, a sixth, sixth off of Baltimore? Um, I, 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 yeah. I personally think he's a fantastic pickup for that, for that value. Um, I'm not t- too worried about, about it. And you've also got Evans, if needs be, can always um, be an extra pass rusher as well in, in different sets as well. So um, maybe not on the line of scrimmage, but uh, from, from his middle linebacker position. So we can still impact the quarterback. The, from the way with with Dean Pease, the way he... Well, the way we... I can't find my words. Do defense. That's that's all I've got, fellas. Sorry. The the, we the, do the defense, way we set yeah. up, like it, there's <laughs> so much variety, and it's the looks are so confusing. Um, the way the way we'll line up, there'll be players who, yeah, players blitzing that you don't expect, and players uh, dropping back that you don't expect. I think it's it's less key to. I'm just yeah, it's a, it's all a bit more fluid. Is I think what I'm trying to say. So that yeah, players like Wake. There could be other people not necessarily doing the exact same thing, but you, other players who are capable of making an impact just in different ways. So I'm I'm not hugely concerned either. He's it's it's a bit of a loss, sure, but um, there yeah, far more key players on defense. If I had to pick out the two yeah. who I think will be here next year, I think I see Wake ahead of the lady. I think um, I think I don't know what what the injury situation is with Wake, but he's, he's a bit more of a variable man. I think Delaney's a bit, obviously he's been very outspoken on the coaching staff previously. Um, obviously with the whole Mario to bench and he, he said a few things. And, and so I think he's, he's, he's more in a Mario to corner and probably in Malarkey corner than he probably is with a variable corner. And whereas Wake is a, is someone who's been picked up by that coaching team. So I think if we're going to, if we're going to see one of them back next year, or if either, I think I see, I definitely see Wake ahead of Walker, unfortunately, which, as a big Walker fan, is is sad. But I think it's it's going to be an interesting off season in more ways than one, and that'll be one of the one of the ones I look out for that decision. Yeah, um, I wasn't ready to let Marcus go. I'm certainly not ready to let Delaney go. Um, but yeah, we we might have to. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay, um, let's well, it's it's time, I guess, for for non Titans related. Um, which there's well based on a lot of the chat about the podcast today rather than discussing well discussing what we're going to talk about and um, we seem to have been discussing food at length that's that's been the thing but yeah harry had a sorry miles you had the nando's didn't you uh i did um and there's very very tasty food emmy but that might not be what you're going to talk about what are you going to talk about so yeah i did i did on an hour about going on about food and I thought it might be a bit too obvious to complain about people who've got Christmas lights up already um, so <laughs> I found of, of the week or so that's gone by and I've realised it's been building up for so long that I just hadn't realised how much above me was in the uh, modern world of football they have a thing called VAR 
which I'm of the opinion is ruining football. Now, I support a lower league football team. I support Oxford, who play in League One. And recently I discovered that championship referees will actually be trained in how to use VAR because they might be planning to have that in the championship in the next year or so, which now makes me feel like I would rather... Hang on, hang on, hang on. They're going to train championship referees. How about start training premiership referees on how to use VAR? That's one of the following points I was going to have. Is is anyone actually trained in it yet? Um, But it's it's my feeling that if Oxford get promoted, I will be so happy, but then I will realise that I'll be going to games, celebrating goals, and then 10 minutes later, there'll be silence in a stadium where everyone's looking at each other while the referee just has his finger in his ear going, yep, not along. And then suddenly we won't have a goal and we won't know why. And I just, I don't, it's ruining the sport for me. Um, I think the way they do it in rugby and the way they do it in other, in the NFL, it works. But to me, it's just when the people in charge of it can't, decide if something's a goal. I think it was in the City game where Sterling had a goal disallowed uh, right at the end of the game. And it was, you looked at the line and it was almost curved. It was almost like at a right angle, basically, of just, oh, he might be onside. Um, and as an owner of Sterling in a fantasy um, league, that annoyed me quite a lot. Um, but no, that's my annoyance. Uh, the wonderful world of VAR, it needs to be gone. Please. I think if we're not careful, this could become a two-hour podcast. So let's <laughs> <laughs> maybe move on. Um, Harry, what's been eating away at you? Oh, it might be something positive. I don't know. Sunlight. Yeah. So you know, no, no. This time I, <laughs> oh, okay. I shocked you. All. Um, I did hear Miles's little dig about uh, twenty-seven years young. Uh, I've not brought it up. <laughs> <yet, but laughs> yeah. yeah. We did deal with that. I, I understand where it came from. Uh, now, I've just got a couple of really quite nice points. Um, we had our award ceremony for Chester Romans. Um, Chester Romans get a heck of a lot of love on this podcast, uh, for Titans podcast, two weeks in a row now. Um, but we had our seniors award season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, sponsored by the Chester Romans. Um, but yeah, we had our award ceremony at Hickory's uh, in Chester on Saturday and it was a cracking night great things uh, going on there and just a really nice sort of display of what Britball's all about um, in the and I definitely like recommend if anyone's not involved in Britball but loves American football in some way shape or form and has a bit of spare time on your hand either getting to coaching or youth coaching or anything like that it's definitely worth it or playing um, I've loved every second of it and secondly um, congratulations to uh, Chris Chris and Nikisha Westling, who have just announced that they're going to have a baby boy. Um, if you are a listener of the Around the NFL podcast, um, cracking news, the June, June, June prediction um, made by Dan Hansis is definitely coming true there. Uh, we just need the baby to be a little bit late there. But yeah, congratulations to them. Not that they're ever listened, but uh, congrats. You never know. Uh, after what Wes has gone through, I love, I love hearing, I love to hear that. Um, just going back to your awards um ceremony is that the right that the word uh can you just confirm whether you wore socks uh yeah so uh, i did yes. and uh, also um did keep a little eye on people wearing socks as well and i'm pleased to announce uh, to announce that all of the senior team uh did oh, wear yeah. socks to the event excellent that's that's good well to done. hear congratulations well to them <laughs> it's also worrying that it's the youth that aren't wearing socks so they need a bit of a talent oh yeah. they're these guys are well coached, it would seem. 
Very true. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean that. Um, well, I, you know, I do. You know what I mean. Um, Greg, <laughs> before I dig myself a bigger hole. <laughs> cool. Uh, so my one is, again, it's a bit more UK specific. So for those listening in America, you won't, you won't understand this because it's uh, slightly different. But mine is... Um, Are we going to have to rank I'm... crisps? No, no, rank, no, no. After last week, I, 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 again, you lost all credibility, Adam. So I, I don't know if there's any any left. Uh, God knows what flavour crisp you'd put number one. Um, no, so it's actually so there's a there's restaurants in in the UK, um, namely Harvester, which I'm sure some of you guys have been to or are aware of, um, and they really they really wind me up now because when you order a soft drink and especially when it's a refill soft drink you have to get your own drink so they could literally come over you could have 20 people sat around a table and you have a tray of 20 drinks everyone's ordered beers but there's one designated driver driving the bus who has to then go and get their own drink what's that about (laughs) you go to the wrong pubs well clearly i mean that's that's (laughs) one option but it's just a slight seriously of like I have to literally now go and get my own drink. You've just given me an empty glass. That's just mad. I I think you mostly... You've you've been to America a couple of times now, and obviously free refills are just like standard and everywhere. And you know that as soon as you finish that drink, another one is down in front of you. Is that what's really egging you here, that we're just not like America, or what's going on there? We 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 get many things right that America don't, and that is one that uh, that America have definitely got right. Not even finished. You still be you be halfway there, and they put another one down. It's brilliant. You're uh, just angry that you were the designated driver. Uh, sure. I mean, that's just that's, <laughs> that's one take, I guess. Um, but no, it's just I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things. Every single time I go, I'm always like, okay, at least give me the first one. Uh, sure, I'll go and refill it if I want to go and refill it. But just give me the first one. It just makes sense. Uh, and the other thing which I'll uh, I'll gripe about is when you're in WhatsApp groups. And you're on a diet, and people sending you chips and curry sauce <laughs> and pizza, <laughs> and uh, what else do we have? Oh, Nando's. Yeah, thanks, Miles. Who uh, are the yeah. Nando's? I'll dare that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm in a grumpy mood around that as well at the moment. Is, it, is your Twitter name at Greg underscore Ket, or is it at Greg? Just Greg, uh, Greg underscore Ket, I believe. Okay, so send your food pictures to at Greg underscore Ket. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the larger the better. Yeah, use the, use the hashtag. Um, rate my plate, and he'll do. He'll do that. He'll, uh... Don't send me. Don't send me any pictures of rocket or kale. I've got enough of those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just yeah. Feel free to send any any photos of food because apparently it's a done thing nowadays. Uh, what's, your, yeah. what's your favorite rocket, kale, or quinoa? Oh God, I hate quinoa. I'm not a quinoa fan. <laughs> And rocket, rocket uh, just feels like you, just, you are just eating grass. I mean, it's just, it's just weird. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I think that's why I'm in a negative, grumpy mood is because I've basically been on a diet last week and not had anything good. So <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait for the weekend. Oh, that was good. Um. I'm going to finish by talking about beer briefly. Um. And this isn't going to be a, a conversation about IPAs, which I, by the way, do like. In fact, it's sort of relevant. Um. At at the, the Tottenham Stadium last night um, and after, as any Spurs fan will tell you, at the new stadium, they run out of neck oil at every match. Um, so that's, that's pretty standard. If you go for a beer after the game, you're not going to get 
a nice session IPA from Beavertown, you, you're going to have to pick Amstel or Heineken. But went up to the bar last night um, with my friend. So the two pints of neck oil, please. Um, the lady behind the bar. Oh, sorry, we're 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 out of neck oil. Okay, was I was expecting that. A couple of couple of pints of Heineken, then please. So she pours the Heinekens, and they put some down in front of me. I go to pay, like contactless card on the machine. That's just going through. At about that moment, the guy next to me at the bar asks a different member of staff, um, a "Pint of neck oil, please." Member of staff says, "Yep, sure." Starts pouring it right right in front of me. And like at that probably exact moment, the transaction's gone through and we've got a couple of pints of Heineken. And I, was, I sort of turned to him and like, what? I've just, I've just, like, incredulous, as you can imagine. And um, his response was, well, yeah, but if you, you know, would you take, you know, you'd have taken a 4-2 victory and having to drink Heineken, wouldn't you? I was like, yeah, yeah but you're getting a 4-2 victory and you're drinking neck oil. Um, I'd have quite liked that. And it, but we then thought, oh, I'm not having this. And my friend who was with me said, no, no, I'm, we, we wanted neck oil and you've just, and in the end they, they swapped them for neck oil, but not only that, what, you know, what are you doing with those two pints of Heineken that are just sitting there? Just take them. So four pints for the price of two, a story with a half on the Pochettino. Oh, nice. It would, it Mourinho's had a role in that. <laughs> I love it. I was uh, four points for the price of two, and it finished four two as well. Brilliant. Love that. Um, the yeah. I, I also there at Spurs, and I, I kind of I went there uh, for a, for another game recently as well. I'm not a Spurs fan for anyone else, but what the 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 beer? How they pour beers? It feels like it should be really impressive, but how often do those machines break down? It's just ridiculous. Uh, well, not not all the bars. This is going to get really boring, I was, but <laughs> not all the bars use that weird magnetic thing. But some it's of them, odd. it's odd. Um, but that, there you go. No, nobody wants. But at to least hear. also, at least it was. Uh, at least it wasn't Carlsberg. So yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you managed to buy three different types or whatever of draft beer uh, at the villa. You only get like two, and they're all in bottles. So. You know, you're doing a lot better than us up here. Yeah, it's it's nice down south. You should try it. <laughs> uh, it's way too much for a beer, as we've discussed on previous oh, podcasts. I can't... Change for a fiver. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I think that probably probably does us for this week. Obviously, we'll be well. We'll be back next week, having beaten the Colts, and we will be sitting what seven and five. And working out seedings for the playoffs, that sort of thing. That's how it's going to go. Uh, thanks, yeah. Thanks all for for taking part. Thanks for listening. Drop us a, a tweet and let us know what you think at Transatlantic TN. But yeah, in the meantime, tighten up, everybody. Beat those Colts. Tighten, tighten up. up.